All right, man. So here we are. We're on, man. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too, Gonzalo. <laughs> it's been a while, bro. What it you has. been up to, man? Man, I'd love to just work, join life. You know how it is. Yeah. I think the last the... time I saw you, man, was at Planet Fitness. That's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it has it's been, been a while. while. It's been a while since I've been over there. How's that going, the the fitness journey? Are you still... I'm still at it, but instead of the planet, you know, it's going with my wife. Now we're going to the Y. Okay. I've got two of my kids. One that's at Wayland. My daughter played basketball, so she's joining me. And then my boy, my son, he's about to be a junior next year, so we've got to try to pack on some pounds and some muscle for him so okay. he can play some varsity football. He's going to play some football, huh? Well, he's got yeah. a good coach behind him. I you, try. Man. I try. Yeah. He's a good listener. He doesn't. He doesn't argue back. That's always good, man. It is. When, if you can get, it's like uh, Coach Popovich used to say with uh, Tim Duncan. You know, he's like, if I get, if they look at Tim Duncan. He's a superstar. Yeah. And if he can fall in line when I'm getting on his ass, then everybody else just gonna be right behind him, yeah. listening. You know what I mean? It starts with that. With that leader. That leader knows that hey, the the captain is trying to steer you right. Right. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to show you anything wrong. I'm trying to help us succeed and if the leader on on the field or on the court wherever if he can fall in line and follow suit everybody else going to just be right behind him oh, doing yeah. the same thing you know what oh, i mean because yeah. that that's another thing that that resonates i mean it just, it just carries you know what i'm saying it carries like uh like fire oh, yeah. you know what i mean when yeah. somebody's when somebody's in it 100 percent, then everybody it just it just goes from there man it just goes from there but that's good that's exciting man having a kid in uh He's gonna play varsity. He's gonna play varsity. Yeah, they're looking at him at one of the linebackers. So I gotta pack on. The that's pounds. a fun position, man. I loved it when it's, I did it. It's head hunting time, right? Yeah, there. that's that's so. just always fun, bro. It's that's a fun position, man. Uh, so this, um, let's get into your your profession. You are a. I'm an LVN. Been an LVN going on twelve years. Yeah, got my license in 2009. Have been going at it ever since. Man, it's been a while. So it's been a while. Time flies, man, when you're having fun. Yeah. So what again, you know, when I talk to people on the podcast, one of the one of the things I like one of the topics I like to talk about, or hit anyway, is what made you decide to take that leap? Because you were at the warehouse also with me. Yeah. Right? You were at the warehouse and you were there for a while. So what made you take that leap to do something else? Because you know, and it's talked about a lot. Yeah. You, we we get in a in a comfort zone. Where we're doing, we're doing okay, we're doing all right, but there's still this this drive that you have inside you. There's something that makes you want to reach for more or do more. Yeah. And we don't do it. Like we just don't do it. So what what was the, I guess the thing that came in your the life? Decision today? factor. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, back in the warehouse, you know, we started. I was out there for ten years. Of course, you know, life happens. And with divorce, really. But even back before then in high school, I kind of knew I was wanting to go into the medical field. Yeah. You know, that was always uh, something that just drew my attention. You know, some people call it a calling. I kind of believe that's what it was. And I just followed through. I just needed some extra motivation. So once I got divorced, it's like, man, I got to do something. Gotta gotta, do something I got to gotta change. Because that's a lot of hours, man. That yeah. I remember because we were at South Plains together. And that nursing program, that ain't that ain't no joke, bro. Like that's some tough it's, work. It's a full it's a full year from August to August. Yeah, and that's every you know, day, right? You're like Monday through Friday. Friday. It's like a like a unpaid like a unpaid job, man. <laughs> You're in the classroom. And then from there we go on and do uh clinicals and 
Man, we keep it rolling, man. But yeah, and that's because I worked. I still worked. You were still working. Still yeah, working. you were still working. Friday, and doing Saturday, that. Sunday, I worked. I tried. I got on out here at the store, and uh, I worked out here. Got to keep paying that child support. Hell so. yeah, I know what that's like, bro. That's <laughs> man, that ain't no joke, dude. It's but look, not. you know, you can make it. You can make it from from that part from that part to where you're at now. You know, when I started paying child support, I think I was bringing in. Like four hundred dollars every two weeks, bro. That's what I was. That's what I was taking home. Was four hundred dollars every two weeks. Now that's not. That ain't shit. It was not shit. Now it wasn't shit back then. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So I had to be like really methodical about how I was spending and what I was doing. And but at the same time, it made me like, you know what? I got. I got to get. I got to get another job. I got to do something else. I got to bring in more money. My thought was never. I need a. I want to stop paying child support right. or I don't want that, you know, on, on me because it, it was it was something that I did. So I had to take responsibility for that. Yeah. So I know that there's <clears throat> some guys that uh, kind of fall in that trap where they, they don't want to pay or they yeah or they, they just they, give up. Not, not even just solely give up financially, but they give up as far as wanting to do other things like become a manager or reach out and and do a uh, get a job that pays better yeah so like kind of walk us through that what how come for you that wasn't a that wasn't a factor at all like you no like, it was it wasn't a choice it, it wasn't a choice my my kids you know came first and i was gonna make sure that they got their money yeah you know and even when they started taking out the child support out of my checks you know i look i knew how much i was supposed to pay well i didn't know how they broke it down you know, so the first time I got my checks stub, it was like, hey, they didn't take out enough. Yeah. So I'm calling the, the child support office and say, hey, y'all ain't taking enough. You take like, some more out of here. Yeah. And they were shocked. They was like, wow, we never get these kind of phone calls. We always get argumentatives and, you know. Take out too much. Yeah, take yeah. out too much and blah, blah, blah. How can they pay less? Down. And it's like, no, I, I know how much I'm supposed to pay. Y'all ain't taking enough. And they said, no, no, it's calculated throughout the whole year. 52 paychecks. It all breaks down and it adds up at the end. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, and then they also included the months that we got three checks. Hey, go, we take out of that too. So it even adds up faster. Yeah. So I was like, as long as y'all are cool and I don't get behind, I don't care. That's all that matters. So just take it out of my paycheck. And that's through all my employers, that's all I cared about. Take it out of my paycheck. I don't want to see it. I don't want to have to send it. I don't have to deal with it. It's gone at the top. So that made it easy. Because yeah. I didn't miss it. Yeah. I knew how much I was going to bring home. I knew what my bills were. So I, 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 the budget automatically just started. You know. The smart man, this, and that speaks volumes uh, to what kind of person you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you're, you're not shying away from your responsibility. And, and in a sense that a lot of guys, they don't even want to look at it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't even want to know what... Um, what I'm paying, or they're not gonna look if they get if they get a little bit more money on that first check, they're not even gonna argue it, right? You right. know what I'm saying? Like, hey, y'all didn't take out enough. A lot of guys aren't gonna make that call to tell them, hey, I need to pay this or pay that. Well, don't get it twisted either, because if they were taking out more, and I called all of them to say, hey, uh, y'all ain't taking enough out of whatever, or one time they accidentally st- took out extra, so when I called them. They're not gonna give you your money back. Yeah, they're, real, they're just real quick to be like, "Well, well that's just an extra credit." Yeah, you, know? you just, you and just, they'll, you and just they'll even tell you, "Well, go talk to, you know, your ex-wife or whatever, 
and see if she'll give it back to you. It's like, man, no, I'm not going to do nothing. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. So I never like, did that, man. It's gone, so... And none of it matters anymore. It's just like, well, it's whatever. Just keep grinding, keep working. So yeah, I, I man, I never argued that. It just paid what I had to pay, and um, it was tough. It was it was tough having to go through that. But you know, what I'm saying it's a it's a character builder. Oh yeah. You know, we go through certain things, and I believe that we go through certain things for a reason. And you're either gonna you're either gonna come out on top and learn, or you're you're gonna fold under that pressure. Well, I just I well think about it, Gonzalo. You always gonna learn. Regardless yeah. if you don't want to or not, how much you fight, yeah. you're going to learn something. Learn something. Uh, Regardless. A lot of people fold, man. They give up. E- even if they fold, you're going to learn. You're going to learn because either you're going to be putting yourself, your own self in a tough situation and you're going to dig yourself a hole that you can't get yourself out. Yeah. You know, so you're going to learn. You're, you're going to learn and stay stuck, huh? That's going to be you're it. You're going to have that, that, what I call expensive knowledge. Yeah. I talked about it last time on the on the podcast. Expensive knowledge is, is moments and things that you go through that you pay to learn that lesson. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And when you hand that to somebody else, you're giving it to somebody else. You know, some people hate advice, bro. They hate advice. They can't stand all oh, this motherfucker telling me what to do. Or it's like, dude, I paid for this knowledge. I'm trying to save you that trouble. Yeah, but there's too many knuckleheads. We're all, we're all trying to act too grown sometimes for our bridges where we, we don't accept it. Or we don't want to hear it. Yeah. You know, but if you smart... You'll always go to somebody that's not going to sugarcoat it. It's given to you just like it is and how it is. And it's up to you whether you want to take it and learn and run with it or if you're just going to fall on death ears and just keep moving. Yeah, but it's true. You know, it's one of those deals where even now, at this age, you know, the, the saying I like to go by a lot, you know, especially in my nursing career, I got too many patients that are non-compliant. They, not, they don't listen, sometimes, some of them. No matter what I tell them. And as much as you can't get frustrated, even though you want to, you want to get mad, you want to just kind of ring them by the ear sometimes, just say, listen, this is life and death. You can't. And the saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can never make them drink. Can't make them drink. So That's true, That's man. all it is. It's, it's on you. It's on you as a person. That's it. You just give them everything what it is and how it's going to be, how it may play out, and then the choice is yours. Yeah. You know, you've done your part. It's like, if you need some help, Call me. If not, just holler at me. Say what's up. That's it. Yeah. But you know, but so, so um, this this LVN that you're doing, you're, I mean, your profession anyway. Um, how's it been through the through the pandemic? Like it was tough. I mean, I was at a nursing home in Olton during the pandemic, and that was very very hard. We lost a lot of residents, a lot of good people to this thing, and you know, honestly, to this day. I don't think I'll fully 100% recover from that. Yeah. You know, because, and that's one thing we talked a lot about us nurses is that during that time, anybody who works in a nursing home, you, it's, it's, you're always going to deal with death. You know, you're there for the end with these, with these residents, with your patients. So you get to enjoy the time you're with them because a lot of them, you are their family. Yeah. You're, You're all they have is everybody that works there. But when they pass before COVID, you don't have very long to grieve. You know, you grieve for a second or two, and then you get ready to move on because you got more patients to take care of, more residents. And then somebody else is coming in. Yeah, right behind them. You know, them. right behind them. It, that's kind of the way it is. So when COVID hit, we losing patients. We're losing residents left and right. And um, nobody's coming in. So you're there, and you feel it. 
And yeah, because it was it, they were the hospitals were empty yeah. as far as visitors, right? You couldn't yeah. have nobody couldn't could have go. No and, visitors were the only ones that were there. Unfortunately for us, or not unfortunately, but fortunately for us, the uh, administrator there allowed at the very end to have a few family members come in. You know, two, three max to come in and just say goodbye, to be with them. You know, if we knew time was coming, you know. And uh, so they got to go in a little bit. Of course, they were all dressed up like all of us, astronaut gear and everything. Yeah. And uh, and spend those last few seconds with their loved ones. But the ones that wouldn't, it was just like one right after another. So with nobody coming in, it was just grieving. And it just kept building and building. And to this day, you know, COVID, with COVID, for me, I felt cheated. Because as, as a nurse, you know... We were trained and taught, you know, we, we, we try to improve the quality of life, no matter how long it is. Yeah. And with this coming in, it's like you, we didn't have a fighting chance. You know, if we asked the doctor for things, and just think about it, we don't have the same stuff that a hospital has. Yeah. So a lot of hospitals are being praised, you know. Hey, they're doing this, they're doing that, and everything else. But the nursing homes, ain't nobody going out there. You know, True. nobody wanted to come out. You know, it's hard to get chest x-rays. It's, it's just keep doing this, keep doing that. Everything was just over the phone. Everything was just over-the-counter medication or sometimes some prescription medication. But that's it. Wow, man, I didn't know that. I didn't, I, you know, I never even thought about it. Yeah, that's that's the one thing. You know, that's why I said it's, it's, it's one of those deals where, you know, and I'm not knocking none of the nurses, you know, and everything else from the hospitals and stuff. But yeah. it's a lot different when you don't have the same equipment yeah you know and yeah i'm not speaking for them you know like i said i'm just speaking for myself that's how i felt i felt cheated yeah you know when i'm calling the doctors can we not try this can we not try that and the doctor himself is telling you pharmacy won't release it we can't do that you know let's do this protocol and we know it doesn't work yeah and we're seeing my patients my residents drop like flies one right after another i think a total we ended up losing and it's it's some of them ended up beating covid but it took so much for them to beat it that at the end they had nothing left they were just tired man so they were just tired it was worn out and That's it's like tough. everybody's burned out right yeah. i have a, a cousin who she's a icu icu nurse rn yeah and man she's been tired for the last Two years, however long this has been going on, you know, she has been worn out. Yeah, that's why I you tell know. you, it's it's been a challenge for everybody. Physically and mentally draining, man, being understaffed and well, unequipped for, you know, nobody knew what this was going to do and yeah. how, it, how it was going to affect everybody. Well, and you different approaches, you know, every doctor has a different approach. We had, of course, we had our medical director, and then I think we had maybe one or two patients that had different doctors. And you can just see different thinking process, you know, between all three of them and stuff. That's why it's just like, you know, even if we share that information with the other doctors, say, hey, doc, you know, this doc over here is trying this. Would you be interested? No. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. You just no. Nah, let's just stick to this. This is what's. And what do you think? What do you think factors into that? Is that? I a, a lot of it had to be the unknown. You know, that's the only thing I can chalk it up to. Yeah. Because nobody knew how to deal with this. You know, so you just kind of go off of winging it. Seems like that's what it was. Let's just wing it. Yeah. You don't have a cure. You don't have a process. 
So let's start doing certain things. We we already know some of the information. It targets the lungs, it affects the lungs, it burns, you know, scar tissues in the lungs. So the breathing and the respiratory is one. Let's keep what do we gotta do to keep that up and keep them going. Yeah. But other than that, it's just the trial and error and keep going. And I think I think that's the best the big misconception for a lot of people is they feel like the vaccine is it's it's not a vaccine. It's actually just, you know, like uh what I don't know, preventative, I guess, because it doesn't eradicate COVID. It doesn't, doesn't, because that's why you got to get the booster every six months, right? Right. So that's, that's kind of the misconception that everybody thought is. And, you know, of course, the media and everything probably played a big factor. I stopped watching the news a long time ago. Man, dude, the news is. It was, it was pretty ridiculous. You know, because one time my wife and I were watching it and she was watching the news and everything. I was flipping through the channels because I was like, man, I'm tired of this news. I go, you don't know who to believe or what to believe. Lying. They all lying. You know? And it was funny because the one time I actually heard the truth came off of, uh, what's that Christian uh, TV show? The 700 Club. The 700 Club. They stated facts. And I was sitting there blown away. I was what are they like, saying? I forgot what it was. But it was it was according to COVID and everything. Yeah. You know? But they flat out put out numbers. They were stated completely just said, look. This is what's going on. There was no opinions. There was no... Everything was completely 100% biased on the 700 Club. Yeah. They just presented it to you like the old school news. Just say, here's the news. You do... You interpret it how you want. But this is this is what's going on. That's it. Yeah. Everywhere else you watch, it, it was always seemed like it was political. Yeah. But, you know, well, you know, politics is driven by money. So whatever's making that money, is that's the way they're going to lean. Yep. You know, Moderna and what's the other one? The Johnson and Johnson and shot. Pfeiffer. You know, uh, yeah. 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 So those guys are, they're making money hand over fist. And whoever they're going to pay, whatever, you know, political figure they're paying, they're going to fight hard for those guys. To, oh, of course. To put that millions and millions of dollars that the government paid them. You know, yeah, nobody dude. got charged for it. Yeah. So to help out the people, which it did save lives. Yeah. You know? and, and I'm not saying don't get the shot. I always, you know, I always tell people, I feel like the people that should get the shot are the ones that are high risk. If, if you're high risk, by all means, go get that. Go get the booster. But, you know, it's it just, kind of, It's a personal choice. It's a personal choice. You know, regardless, it shouldn't be forced on anybody. Yeah, because it's the same thing as like the flu shot. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember when the last time I took a flu shot. Yeah, I don't know? get it either. So, a lot of, you know, my wife's like, how come you don't take it? It's like, because I just don't want to. Honestly, I just don't like shots. I've been a nurse for 12 years. <laughs> I don't like getting shots. You know? That's just what it I'm is. I'm afraid of needles, it, bro. It I'll hurt, say it right it now. Hurts. It hurts. Yeah, I'm afraid hurts, of needles. So. I will pass the fuck out. As soon as I see it, oh, shit, I'm turning white. Man, I can't do it. But at the same time, you know, I take care of myself. I try to eat right. You know, I have a vice. I do drink. I do drink. But that's not something I do every day. Right. You know what I mean? I'm, I still try to maintain my health. Yeah. You know, I try to get to the gym, which is hard, but I do, I do try to do that. I feel like that's what a lot of people should be talking about. The news yeah. should be talking about that, but it's not because it doesn't make any money is taking care of yourself health wise. The, the, the cheaper way, right? right? Eat right. Get out and exercise, get some sun, take your vitamins, bro. Like all the simple stuff that someone could do at home, to try to, you know, get rid of some of these things that are that are wrong with them. Yeah. These comorbidities, what they call them. Um, I, what they say is like 80, 70 or 80 percent of your of your health is due to how you take care of yourself. Yeah. What you eat. 
how you exercise. Yeah, nutrition is, is right up up there with you know leading the factor. If you eat right, that's a know. lot. Eighty percent, man. Eighty percent is a high number. That's that means eighty percent of your health, of how you are, depends on you. Yep. Your lifestyle, how you maintain yourself, how you take care of yourself. That's you that's a yourself. you have a big say in how you yeah. feel day in and day out. And it's not really how you look. Cause look, that's a misconception within itself. There's a lot of people out here that you can look at and be like, "Man, you know that person's got health problems. They're big. Yeah. They're, they look obese. But yeah, they go to the doctor and get a clean bill of health. Really? Yeah. You know, wow. I, I worked at a cardiologist for about two and a half years there at the hospital, and we had some patients come in that just shockingly was like, "Man, this guy's healthy as a horse." Damn. And you know, it's just like for real, like, yep. Blood work all came back normal. Heart checks out good. Everything. He's just a big dude, or you know, big woman. That's all yeah, it is. So, got big bones, man. That's all it just is. Big bones. And then you get some thinner guys that are probably they're like, man, dude, like tar on the inside. Everything's <laughs> tore up. Heart attacks, bypasses, everything. You're like, how, man? You only weigh a buck oh five soaking wet. How are you doing, man? It's like, what happened? So I don't know. That's man. wild, man. Um, no man, that's crazy. That's why you know it's another reason I wanted to get you in here and talk to you about that, and how that was going out there, and and kind of where where are we at now? Where are we now? Uh, as far as the state of COVID, you know everybody thinks it's gone away, but it's it's still out there. It's still around. Some patients still get it. We had a couple of them every now and then will get it. It lasts. It lasts. Seems to me like it's lasting less and less. It's like the the recommendations of you know the mandates and everything or the protocols it's been less and less from 14 days to seven days to now i believe it's like, like four or five days now yeah something like that so and if you have no symptoms that's the thing is like, how do you even know if you have it or not yeah that's true if you have absolutely no symptoms and then you come across somebody or they call you and just say hey gonzalo you know you had the podcast with with Tigala the other day he tested positive you know, and you're like, okay. He's like, man, you might want to go get checked out. You go get checked out. You have absolutely no symptoms, and then you test positive. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, how long ago were you exposed? Well, about a week ago. She's like, you haven't had no symptoms? No, nothing. It's like, well, you're positive, so just wait four days, and then that's the end of it. Yeah, I could have gave it to everybody already. Pretty much. You know, I did get it. I got it uh, when it was brand new, baby, when it wrecked, like, fresh out of the packet, yeah. when nobody wanted it. You know what I'm saying? When it wasn't even cool to have it. That's when I got it. That's when you had it. That's over. when I had it. And everybody was afraid of me. But I didn't have... The only symptoms I had were loss of taste and loss of smell. I had those two symptoms. As soon as that happened, I was like, fuck, I got it. That's it. Like, I knew I had it. But other than that, <laughs> I didn't have... <laughs> I didn't have high I didn't have high fever. Yeah. I didn't have a cough. None of that. Like, See, and I ended up getting lit. From the nursing home because as soon as you're bound to get it, you I mean you're there, you're bound to get we, it. We we built a whole uh, hall for just COVID patients, and once we did all that, I volunteered. I told my my director, I said that's where I need to be, right there in the trenches. Yeah. So yeah, you can kind of say, man, you're you're bound to get it anyways. And it was just one day, I just woke up, scratchy throat, a little congested, didn't think nothing of it. Popped a couple of day quills, went to work. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, it's like, I didn't know I had it, and I was just like, nah, I just got a bunch of sinus crap and stuff, just keep moving. It's like, I got work to do. I got patients who depend on me. And I tested that day. By the time I got home, we had supper. My administrator calls me and said, hey, you tested positive. So it's like, man, you're kidding. She's like, nope. 
So it's like, all right. So I quarantined at the house, <laughs> but I was still going to work every day. What year was like, that? That was when it started. Right, right, 2019. Right in July. Oh, I got it at the same time. I got it the first around, week of the July. Yeah, I don't remember when I got it, but it was in July, or like early July when I ended up getting it. I got and it that first if week. If you would have seen me, you would have just been like, damn, you got a cold. Because that's what I look like. Yeah. Just congestion, running nose. And I was, it was over in three days. Yeah. I didn't have you know? anything, dude. Uh, I think the first the first week is like when I had that, and then it just, it just went away. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I could have went to work. I didn't feel anything until after when I went back to work. Yeah. And then I tried to work and I was tired as hell. And like I couldn't, you know, you're, I just felt you didn't worn have out. the endurance. And, I couldn't get that. Yeah. That, I couldn't catch my breath. I felt like somebody was, was stepping on my chest. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, it did, it did do something to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. I didn't get none of that besides just the congestion, the runny nose. And I remember my mom, I called my mom and I told her what happened. And she was like, you can't go to work. I was like, why not? She's like, what about your patients? I'm working in the COVID unit. Yeah, they, they all have, have COVID. <laughs> I go, can't get no worse than what I have now. <laughs> we're all on the same team, mom. That's it. We're all on the, same, we're all on the so, same team. She was like, I didn't think about it that way. So I was like, uh, yeah. yeah, they got it. Can't get, it. you know, you got it already. Yeah. But I was, and I was really careful too, before I got it. Oh, yeah. When I first rolled it out, I was wearing the mask. I was washing my hands. I was staying away from people, and I still got it. I still got it. After that, after that, I went to California. I went to help out in California because they were, you know, understaffed. Yeah. I uh, went to San Antonio. I was everywhere after that without a mask. I didn't even wash my hands. And I never got it again. Or that I know of. You know what I mean? I could have, but I... It's just always one of those deals where, you know, you look at, you know, you have babies and they always say, let them play in the dirt, let them play in the grass, let them get dirty. Build their Don't immunity. Let, yeah, just build, build the immunity. Sometimes it's... I think that's another thing that we probably lack, man. They didn't oh, grow up course. like us. Nah. We grew up in the same hood, me and you. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Right, You were live right down the street from me. And in the same in the same time... Yeah, I live, it's funny you say that because it's literally on the other side of the tracks. Yeah, it's on the other side of the tracks. <laughs> on 16th Street. We didn't live in the hood. We yeah. lived on the other side they of the tracks. They live on the other street. side yeah. of the tracks, man. I always tell people why because I live over here now and they're like, man, just move, you know, move back over here. This place is cheaper. Like, man, I ain't going back to the hood. <laughs> you know how hard I work to get out of the hood? I ain't going back. But no, man, it did me good because I was always outside. Yeah. You know, we were always outside. We, You know, I saw y'all all the time. Of course, y'all were a little bit older, but I always saw y'all around the block. I was always out there playing football, running around, whatever. And it's kind of something that you see it, but not as much. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it's not like, um, I don't know, it's just different. It's a different time, man. Oh, it's a yeah. different time. It always is. You look at it now compared to what it was then. Even though, you know, my kids are growing up now, I try to instill some of the things that we did. You know, it's like, man, go ride your bike. Go take off around the neighborhood or whatever. Go get lost. And it's just like, uh, nah, I'm all right. You know, <laughs> I do. I just sit here. You know, we got TikTok. Yeah, TikTok on the phones or the PlayStations or whatever it is that they got going on nowadays. My son and that we Xbox, didn't have none man. of that. You know, and that, that's probably what it is. We didn't have as much technology. Yeah, before, I didn't have so. a phone for sure. We didn't have no phones. They weren't even invented yet. Not a cell phone. Well, they were, but they weren't like what we have now. They were I, the, yeah, the big I, Zach Morris phones. Well, see, the, see, you was already coming around. I remember growing up. The only ones that had phones we would consider is pretty much the rich people, and they had those block phones in their cars. Yeah, the back phones. Yeah, inside <laughs> the cars. You remember the back phones? Yeah. I think my grandpa had a back phone. So <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it worked. We, I don't know if it was connected or not, but I know he had a back had phone. A back phone. So we was always, you know, the whole landlines for us and everything. So my mom would we wake up, my mom would kick us out of the house. 
It's like y'all yeah, like, like go on and play outside on the weekends. You got to watch maybe the that no what what day did they show the cartoons? Was it on Saturday, Saturday mornings, man. You had to watch Started it. That was it. In the morning, that's it. Now it's twenty four seven, man. You yeah. can watch cartoons whenever the hell you want. All day Saturday. So. Time has changed now. And bro. after that, it's like all right, y'all need to go outside. Go outside. It's like come back in when it's time to eat. Yo. Go back outside. Come back in when it gets dark. Soon that street light come on, take your ass back in the house. For us, it was funny because. Uh, my brother, my youngest brother, my the middle brother, he always had a tendency when he got overheated, he'd have nose nosebleeds. Uh-huh. And we always had to come inside. Like, come inside, it's too hot. Like, oh, like, shit. If his nose started bleeding, we all had to back in the back man, we got to go inside. We got to go. I'll see y'all here after a couple of hours when it cools <laughs> down a little away. bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's it hot over here, man. It does It's hot, hot right so. now. It's a hot motherfucker right now, man. They uh, Now we were talking about Somebody was waiting for you to be on the podcast. They were really excited right. to have you. And he told me, he was like, man, when you see him, slap him in the back of the head. Millet. But now that, <laughs> <laughs> but now that I see him, Millet, he a little swole, bro. I can't be doing that. I was like, what What do you mean slap him in the back of the head? He was like, that's how we that's how we greet yeah, each we other. We always did. I said, what are you, Charlie Murphy and Rick James? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It didn't matter. We sneaking up on each other, popping each other. He got me one time. I think we was at the mall. And he just walked up to me and popped me good. Pow! Which I knew right away. He was like, oh, shit. Boy, yeah, he was like, oh, damn. Turn around and he was just like, what are you doing? But of course, he's walking away from me with his hands up. Guarding. I was like, come here. He was like, no, I got to go. got to go. I was like, damn. But he's got kind of the advantage because he's, what, 6'1", 6'2". Yeah, he's tough. But still, it doesn't matter. I still popped him inside his head. You got to catch him when he sit down. If I didn't what? get his head, I was going to get his neck. Get so something. It huh? didn't matter. So, catch each other off guard. It was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, he told me that. And I was like, man, I'm, uh, I'll tell him. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> but I'll tell him. <laughs> he said, he'll know who it is. I said, I bet he will. Y'all yeah. beating each other up. That's all, that's all we did when we worked at the warehouse and then outside the warehouse, too, man. It's a good time. Yeah, I met a lot of good people over there, man. That's, that's, uh, that's the thing that I say about the warehouse is, you know, it's, it's an experience for one. It teaches. There's nothing wrong with the hard days work. No, nah, ain't nothing nah. with that. It teaches you, you a lot. If you ain't worked a day in your life and you get on out there, you gonna value the, the dollar. Yeah, you gonna learn the value sure. of the dollar out there. You work for every penny you work out. There. Or you are gonna learn real quick that you ain't made for that. You shit. ain't made for that shit. Go ahead. <laughs> and we knew. You know that's the funny thing. That's what I tell my wife. I was like, man, walking in there after about six months or whatever you're in there, you're already part of everybody who's there. Yeah. And then you see these new kids coming in. I said, I remember we used to get together and be like, this kid ain't going to make it. That kid yep. may be the surprising horse. It's like, this guy's going to make it because he's already in here busting his ass and working hard. Yeah, they just you get know? it from but day Some one. of these kids, you already knew. And then the next day, it's like, hey, what happened to so-and-so? Yeah, he didn't come in. You know that uh, this last, well, I don't want to say this last one, but there was a, they had, they hire a lot yeah. now. They hire you a lot. You still out there? Yeah, I'm still out there. First year? I'm on weekend, weekend oh, okay. days. Yeah. So they hire a lot. Yeah. Out of the 60 people, and this is like a trend, right? Out of the 60 people that they hire, only one or none are staying. Damn. That's that's the turnover that we have right now at the warehouse, dude. And they're young, man, but they find out real quick that this shit ain't for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go find something else. Yeah. And, And there's nothing wrong with it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, if you find a better job. Like I tell some of these little, some of these youngsters that that when they get out there, and I tell them, you know, they ask me for advice and stuff. You know, it's like, but you don't like that big check. If you hang out there for that first check, that check will change your mind. Yeah. If you single and got low kids, and you living on your own, you get a fifteen hundred dollar check to yourself. 
that changes things. You can do something with oh, that. Oh, yeah. You, you start thinking about man, everything you can buy, everything you can do. But you're going to earn every single one of them little pennies you make. Hell, yeah. You know? Not and only it that. Don't, it don't matter what department you're in. You're going to work. Yeah. Some may work a little bit hard or sweat a little bit harder than you, but you're going to work. Yeah, no matter where you're no at. No matter where it is. Especially during the summer, man. That bitch gets hot. And the thing is, not only the just the, the pay, but the days off. Yeah, On the man. weekends, you can really make something of yourself you know what i mean and you know and that's what i decided like you know you were talking about covid and how it it changed you i think it should have changed everybody you know not for the worst but it should made it should have made a lot of people realize what they really want to do in life yeah if you because especially if you got laid off yeah you know or you 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 lost somebody or you got sick I think it should have been an eye opener. If that that year didn't open your eyes or didn't change you in any way, what the hell? What more do you need? That's true. You know what I'm saying? And so, that's what and you hear that a lot. You know, with people who are affected by it, you know, they'll tell you it's like, man, you, you didn't lose anybody, regardless of what political party you're siding on. Yeah. You know, because exactly. you saw that on social media like crazy. Yeah. I saw friends going back and forth. And it's just like, I, I'm not the type of person that gets into the politics very much, or really at all. I just listen. And then I go and ask questions. Yeah. You know, why this, why that? It because should be it should be the, the betterment of the human race. Like, it should be for the betterment of everybody. Not because you're Republican or, or, or Democrat, but what's going to benefit everybody? We should all be pulling in the same direction. You know what I'm saying? For... To help everybody out, not because this this party is gonna make more money or that party is gonna make more money or this one's gonna lose money if we vote for this or do that. It shouldn't be about that. It shouldn't, but you know that money say talks. Money man. talks, man. That money sways a lot, and, when you and start, I think people you... get blinded to that. They forget that that's the big motivator, and they're like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican because of these things," and and they feel like they have to side. Yeah. With everything, they have to agree with everything that political party thinks. Yep. You know what I mean? So they kind of lose focus on what's important because they feel like now they got to back up. So say the gun law, right? <clears throat> now, now they feel they got they got to support everybody who has a gun, right? Because they they they're they're pro gun or whatever yeah. you want to call it. They feel like they got to support everybody. You don't. You don't. There, there's 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 not black and white to everything. There is yeah. gray areas to this shit. You know what I'm saying? And once we start actually thinking for yourself and looking and starting to say, hey, hold up. I don't have to agree with everything that they say. There's some things that I don't agree with that they do. Or you, Yeah, or don't agree with that person at all. Exactly. You know? yeah, I mean, and there's I'm, nothing wrong with it. That's, that's what's funny now is just that nowadays everybody talks about freedom of speech and this and that. But at the same time, it's just like if you say the wrong thing. They want to cancel you. Yeah, I'm offended. And it's like, but what happened to freedom of speech? You were just talking about it. You, you, I can say whatever I want to say. But if you don't like it and you get your feelings hurt, everything's got to change. Everything's going to change. You want to get canceled? They, they want to cancel you all of a sudden. See, so. And you know who's wrong a lot of the times? The news. The fucking news. The ones that you're supposed to go to for information. You know, when they when COVID first hit, when they first when it first came out, they're like, Oh, you don't need to wear a mask, it doesn't do anything. Okay, now 55 everybody five and older are the only ones getting targeted. Yeah, they, that's they, when it first came out. <laughs> Protect yourselves, only them. Yeah. So we everybody everybody in the medical field that I knew was always asking questions like, Okay, what about the rest of the what about the babies? What about the toddlers, the teenagers, the young adults? Ain't got nothing to worry about it. Then as it started trending, 
And that's it's one of those deals where my wife's just like, all these conspiracy theories start coming up. You specifically targeted 55 and older. And, of course, it all starts coming out. Dude, this is population control. It seems like. Yeah. It seems like. All that. these baby boomers are fixing to retire. All that money that they've been talking about, Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security is fixing to run dry. Nothing's going to come about. Now you throw this in the mix, people start getting wiped out, and then it slowly starts trending down. Yeah, it kind of takes care to of that the, problem, right? And you down. know what? We've seen it firsthand. This is not this is not uh, like a faraway thing, folks. So we're talking about, I've seen it at the warehouse. So the, the shift that was most affected, first shift. Really? Why? Why? They're older. Oh, yeah. They're a bunch of older people. Because of all the veterans, that's true. All the veterans are on first that's shift. That's 15, 20 plus years, people who've been a there. A lot of them, dude, now they're understaffed. They were the, remember the shift that was never <laughs> understaffed? Never. Now they're understaffed. Wow. It hit them hard. Yeah, because they were the older, they were the, the, the vets, the older yeah. people. Plain and simple. And you wouldn't think that they would be, you know, get hit that hard because if you don't understand what the warehouse is, you work in. In extreme weather conditions, because it's hot as hell up in there. Yeah. It's cold in the winter times, and yet there's dirt everywhere. Yeah. There's mice everywhere. Dusty as hell. Roaches. Cats in there. Spiders. Got a cat in there. Yeah. <laughs> birds. Bird shit all over the stuff sometimes. I mean, you're exposed to all of that, and you still yeah. continue to work. You come home filthy dirty. If Millet's listening to this, that dude never came home dirty. I don't understand how. <laughs> he didn't work that hard, man. Yeah. This this motherfucker would go to the gym right after work, bro. Straight straight to the gym, all clean. And he's like, you going to go? Hell no, dude. I'm tired. I just threw like, like 6,000 cases. I, yeah. What more do you want from me? I never went off cold. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'll go Tuesday through Friday. Yeah, he was but like, that no. dude never got dirty. I'm going to go to the gym. I would go and have my whole arms from hands to my elbows just dirt, black dirt. <laughs> it's, Shorts, hey, t-shirts, it's, dirty, sweating. It's like, how are you not getting Sweat dirty? stain. Yeah. Up, up, uh, with a frown face frown on your chest. Frown face on the chest where you had some boob sweat action going and everything. It's West Texas, man. There's yeah. dirt. All up in that warehouse. I don't know if you, you you don't come out dirty. I don't know what's going on, bro. I'm telling you. But that's how he did it. That's how uh, up until the day he left. That's he was always real clean, man. He's still clean, I think. I don't know what he's doing. Oh, he's, he's truck driving. driving. Yeah, truck driving. Yeah, he's driving. Now I see his videos and stuff every now and then on Facebook. He ain't posted in a while. What? He don't get out and get dirty. He don't get course not. He don't get out. He, tell me if you get out and get dirty, Malab. You listen to this. Get out and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be mad. He's like, man, I work hard over here. <laughs> but it puts miles on you, man. I know he hurt his back out there, and I threw my, I hurt my back out at the warehouse too. But you know, that's all. It's you know, I had somebody ask me because when I worked, I worked, bro. Yeah. Like that's what I did. That's what I worked. <clears throat> that's what I always do, no matter what what job I'm doing. Work my ass off. Right. And a friend of mine asked me, he was like, man, why do you work so hard? I said, because that's the way I grew up, man. That's all I know how to do. I said, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. That's what I'm going to work my ass off. Because at the end of the day, I know I go I go home and I gave it all I got. That's it? That's, that's it. True. It doesn't matter if you're a football player, basketball player, whatever. The guys that are the elite, the guys that are the best of the best. They put in the work. They put in the work. And that's what we do. You know what I'm saying, and even though I'm not as I'm not recognized because I'm a warehouse worker, dude, I'm still gonna work my ass off. I'm still gonna earn it. That's just all. I, that's how I'm programmed. That's how I'm wired. I'm not. I'm not 
programmed to take the easy route. Yeah. Or to take the day off or to chill while I'm no, no, I, I just know how to do everything to the fullest. That's it. I got that from my grandpa. My grandpa was the same way. And dude, they had to they had to tell him. He had I want to say it was triple bypass surgery. They had tell him, hey, yo, you gotta stop, man. You gotta stop trying to work. He was still trying to get out there and farm. Well, it's probably because he knew, you know, a lot of those old cats like that, old school cats, the day they stop working is the day they die. Yeah, They'll you know, you. you hear about it on, uh, I first heard about it. I didn't understand it when I first heard it. And uh, we're going we're gonna to reference Rocky. Yeah. Mickey talks about it. He talks about it when he's talking to, to Rocky. He's like, you know, kid, if it wasn't for you, because I'd probably be dead. He goes, because you came in and you gave me motivation to, to do something. To keep working, he oh. was a lot of people. Once they stop working, that's it. That's it. They yeah. have no. They they don't have a sense of, of I guess I don't I don't want to say self worth, but it's just they don't have that motivation or they don't have that dependency. Yeah, it's like what do I do now? I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know anything but this. But work. That's it. To keep moving. To keep moving. To keep doing keep something. Providing. All of a sudden, you're telling me I can't. Yeah, just chill. Like, yeah, oh, man, I don't know how to do that. I'm bored. You know. Same thing happened to Joe Paterno. Yeah. As soon as he got fired. Almost as soon as he got fired for that what uh what was it trend I don't can't remember that guy's name, uh Sandusky thing. Yeah. When he got fired for that, almost as soon as he got fired for that, he passed away. It's crazy how that it works, is. man. It once you crazy. stop moving, once you stop doing what you love, and he loved to do that. I'm not saying what he did was right looking the other way, because yeah. it wasn't. But Man, they took his heart away. That was his heart. That was it. You know what I'm saying? I think my grandpa was kind of the same thing. He didn't pass. He didn't pass away. Um, once he retired, because he was still always moving. But I think once it got harder for him to get out and do what he loved to do, yeah. which is farming, farmed his whole life. I think that's when he was. He was like, "I'm, I'm ready to go, bro. Like, ain't nothing else for me to do." No, that's true. You know, I love y'all, but. It's that's a, that's just a different mentality because he understood like man I can't I can't continue doing this yeah you know, and I'm okay with what I've got I'm okay with everything being at home everything's cool you know everything's taken care of yeah in, in a sense so it, it's a lot easier when you have that peace in your mind and no matter what it is you do once you have that peace in your mind you can easily step away yeah and not a lot of people time. find uh, what they love to do. Oh yeah. So what got you in? How what got you into nursing? Like what was it that you knew that's what you wanted to do? I guess I've looked back at this several times throughout the course of my years. Like, I mean, how did I get into this? Or and it's just anatomy was always something that I loved in high school. You're interested. It's interested. Intrigued in it. You know, just the way the body works, the way the body functions, and I actually wanted to go into physical therapy. Because of sports, because of weightlifting and everything. It's yeah. like, man, it's so cool to see. And, of course, I started following bodybuilders back then, too. So when you get into the fitness industry, it amazes you how the body works, how you can transform the body. So then from that, I took the CNA class, health occupations. Then I started learning the nursing aspect of things, how you can actually affect somebody, not just physical, but mentally and emotionally yeah. and spiritually, you know, so then it was like, okay. And then when friends started having problems and issues, like, man, even back in high school, it was like, man, I don't feel good. Well, what's wrong with you? And they started telling me, you know, well, this, 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 that. Well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? I didn't even know back then. 
But I knew in the direction that I wanted to go into was physical Yeah, therapy. you knew that's what you wanted to do. Until it was a friend of mine's mom. She was an RN. She's ran into her at Walmart and asked me, hey, uh, now that you're fixing to graduate, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to go into physical therapy. And she basically kind of talked me out of it. She was like, you know what, David? She was like, physical therapy is a very saturated market right now. I'm like, really? She was like, yeah, it's hard to get in. And she just popped it up and said, have you considered nursing? It's like, no. <laughs> you know? them needles, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but, you know, of course, I didn't think about none of that stuff at the time, but I was like, no, I didn't. But when I went back home and I reviewed all my classes for physical therapy, they were exact same classes for nursing. So that always stuck with me. You know, I, yeah. I just knew I wanted to help. I wanted to help my people. But then when it was like, well, if I can't get into physical therapy, I'll just go into nursing and still continue to do what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's what I do now. That's what I've been doing. That's know? what's up, man. Because a lot, a lot of people, again, they don't find their what they want to do, what fulfills them. They're, they're calling. They're just comfort. They're, yeah. just, they're just comfortable. And there's and, nothing wrong with that because, you know, you're still at the warehouse. I worked at the warehouse for mm -hmm. over 10 years, you know, and it took care of the bills, took care of the family and stuff. And great people. Yeah, you, you meet know, a lot of great friends out there. A lot of great people, a lot of, great out people there. Out a lot of there. hardworking people that share, you know, wisdom and stuff with you and stuff. But you know, at the same time, if you, it, it's a lot easier when you know when you actually do self evaluations and you actually pay attention to what is it that I'd like to do that draws my attention. That's where a lot of people go go wrong. Yeah, you know, and it it goes with any profession, even nurses. A lot of people go into nursing for the money. Nothing wrong with that. But there's different departments in the nursing field that you can do that, that your talents is needed. You know, if money's what you're after, go be an administrator. Yeah. Go go do something where you're not really dealing with patients. Because if you're dealing with patients and you're on the floor, well, you can tell right away if you're a shitty nurse. Everybody's probably had one experience or another with the... A shitty nurse. Yeah, and yeah, and they kind of they kind of like, make they kind of stand out, right? Yeah, they make, and it's just like, why are you even here? Yeah, horrible bedside manners gives the attitude of I don't want to be here. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why you're here. Why are you here? And it's just like, man, all that you know, negative energy is just it's toxic. Yeah, and kind of and it kind of coincides with like you know the bad cop situation. One bad cop makes all of them look bad. And that's the truth. I didn't think about that to hear short, you know, after a while. When you start seeing all the videos that go on, social media and everything. But it's one of those deals where I've had this conversation where it's like, the way cops have treated people, not all, some, has always happened. Yeah, it's always years. been there. So it's just now technology has caught up to where the people can actually show you. And this is what's going on. This is what's happening. They talked about it. They talked about it. NWA was talking about it back in the, in the day, man. They were saying, look, they beating us up. They that's what it us is. like shit. Until what happened? Rodney King. You actually saw from the news firsthand several cops beating yeah. up a oh, man. That's wild. You imagine? You remember how big those video cameras were back then? Jackie Muggins. I think my mom and dad still have. Somebody have was theirs. just happened to carry one of those big motherfuckers around and recorded that shoulder. shit. They're like a boombox. So, oh, it's always getting beat up over That's there, and it. they started looking. That's wild. And now That's, you now you got phones and everything. And everything's being exposed. Everything's handheld, man. And you see it firsthand. Yeah, the news is so, right at your fingertips. You got a computer in your hand. So now you can't really back away from because before it's like nobody's gonna take the word over you know over 
a criminal or somebody who broke the law over a cop. Yeah. He's a cop. It's always been a respected and still is to some point a respected career. Yeah. But it almost seems like you got to know that person. You know, we know several guys that work with us at the warehouse that are yeah, now police officers. police officers now. You know, and you respect them because they knew, in a sense, they were in the trenches with us. They were yeah. getting dirty and hard work. They're yeah. humble people. So when you see them out in the street, you share the love. You still give a big hug and say, what's up? Yeah. And then there's other cats that you don't know that you're kind of like, mm, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know about man. this guy. He's I've, a, I've had some bad experiences with cops, and it, I still have a hard time you know, kind of pulling away from like I know guys who are police officers now, and they're they're great guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that experience still stays with me. It's I was young, you know. what I'm saying I got treated a certain way that I didn't deserve to be treated, yep. and it's tough for me to get out of that. You know that experience. Trying yep. to get tough to get that experience out of my head. It always comes back. Like man, I, I want to trust you, but I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it it's always it always just comes down to you're going to see. Uh, we're not going to get past the person that's wearing the uniform. Yeah. All we're going to see is that we're going to stop at the uniform. The uniform. You got yeah. a shield. I don't care who you are. I don't care if I've known you for 20 years. You stand apparently with your brother in blue or your sister in blue. So if you see somebody doing wrong, you ain't saying nothing. And we see that on videos. Yeah. We see somebody absolutely. Do, I don't know if you saw that video where the girl pulled her sergeant off, oh i saw off that. that you know i saw that and i think it, i think the when the news came out or whatever of course on social media that sergeant got fired supposedly yeah because he put he like pushed he, her out the he way he choked her yeah and then he tells I wish her, i had my man i'm gonna get my thing set up man so we can pull up videos and watch these yeah, things that's crazy and uh yeah she's the only one i was shockingly surprised she pulled him away and he's, he's sir, a big ass motherfucker too. yeah he grabbed him by the belt and grabbed him pulled him out because she knew dude you about to do something's gonna lose your job people are around we got body cameras going because i think the guy was in the car right he was he in the was car like, handcuffed inside and he stuck he took out his mace put it stuck his hand in the car and was sitting to say say something else to my officers yeah you disrespect when i'm gonna spray your ass man that authority already bro. yeah that see, authority. So that's what I'm saying. and now there's cops now that you that i see on social media that are constantly talking about we need to eradicate the bad cops. We yeah. got to get them out. But that's the thing, is that one cop can't be the one speaking. It's got to be everybody. It's got to be everybody. It's got to be a whole group to actually represent what a police office because well, is supposed to be representing. You know what? The way I look at it is, it's 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 reverse. They hold they hold us accountable. Okay, so say if I'm doing a crime, I'm committing a crime, and you're watching me do it, yep. and you don't say anything. We're both going to jail. Yeah, we're automatic. They're going to say you, you... You were an accomplice. You were an accomplice. You stood there and watched them do whatever. So, so how can they... How can we not turn around and say, if one if one bad cop is doing something and you got other cops watching him and none of them say anything, it's not the same thing. Yep. You know what I mean? There, there, there can't be good cops if they're, if they're just standing by watching that that guy get killed you know, and in front of them. And you hear them talk about what to, in today's day and age, you know, cops getting shot, this and that. There has been a huge, uh, what I, how could I say, uh, separation between the officers and the community. Yeah. Nobody really cares. Oh, a cop got shot. What's the first thing a lot of people say to say? It's like they deserved it. 
Now that could have been a good cop. It could have been, yeah. And you know, there are good cops out there. Yeah, there is know, good cops. Some of the out cops there. that got shot in Dallas, they could have been some great cops that did nothing wrong besides they were just out there doing the job, got blindsided, got shot. Yeah. But because that guy who had the gun out there shooting, had some run ins, possibly with some shitty cops, now you mad at the whole police department. Yeah. You don't give a shit. That's what I tell you. We can't get past the uniform. The uniform. We don't care who you are. I've known you for 20 years. I've known you for 30 years. You wear that uniform. This dude over here messes with me, messes with my kid, does something wrong, you know, nowadays violates constitutional rights. You ain't going to get past and that. It goes, back to the, it goes back to that same thinking that if, um, you know, like if you're Republican or you're Democrat, you believe in everything that that party believes in. And I think that's the same idea that if you're a cop, then you stand for everything. Yeah, you're going to stand with your brother and your sister in blue. Right or wrong. And my whole deal with this is I've been wanting to ask, you know, I haven't had a chance, is all officers take an oath, right? You take an oath to uphold the Constitution. You take an oath to serve and protect the people of the community. Yeah. But do they actually say an oath that you will stand next to your brother or your sister in blue in arms? Because if, Because if not... Then why? Why are, you know, the whole talk about, it's funny, uh, the other day they're talking about gangs. You know, back in the day, all the gangs and stuff, how they started, how they were grouped together. Oh, yeah. How police, you know, sit there and say, oh, that's a gang. You know, and they talk to kids and it's just like, they're doing this, they're doing that. And they supporting. You're supporting the activity, the negative activity, the criminal activity. Because you ain't saying nothing. you standing with them. You know, the whole saying... I'll tell you who you are if you tell me who you who you hang out with. Oh, yeah, my grandma with. says that. Right? Yeah. So it's just like, but you could just sit there and be like, man, they're just my friends from school. You know, yeah, they do what they do, but I don't I do not do that. But you're not going to be seen that way. So it's you're, the same way with the cops. Yeah, you're going to be grouped in with them. So, and nowadays, you start hearing that cops are gangs. And I started thinking about this, like, how are they gangs? And you start taking what a gang, back in the day, the, the Bloods and the Crips, what they stood for, what they did, how they did things, how they operated, besides the criminal activity and the drugs and the money and everything, but everything else was almost simulated as a cop. And if I'm not mistaken, I know the gang task force was designed for gangs. What are they doing? How are they operating? How can we do the same thing to be better and catch things going? Yeah. I may be wrong. I may be completely talking out of context. But you think about it. It's the same thing. The same Everybody's thing. a suspect. Yeah. And that's one of the deals with, uh, I looked at it, comparing it to as a nurse. And for me, it's like, man, I don't see it that way. Could I be a cop in today's day and age? Because I can't see you as a suspect. I see you as a potential patient. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to, I may not know how to turn off the nursing in me. You know? To sit there and just be like, man, this dude needs some help. Yeah. Instead of, what's this guy up to? Why you're, is he just circling around and circles around the corner? Automatically, the corner yeah. around the same spot. You're guilty before proven innocent. Yeah. It's just flipped. You know, this ain't, you know, it's one of those just like, we don't live in Mexico. Yeah. You go to Mexico. That's a different, that's a different You world, are guilty. Man. You got to prove your innocence. Yeah. You know? Here we're innocent to proving guilty, yeah, but, it should be. And that's but not we the can't we prove. At. But we can't prove our innocence to the cops. They'll some of them will tell you, "I'm not. I'm not the. I'm not the judge. I'm not the. The. We're not in the court. 
that's for you to decide. Get your lawyer. You go do your thing over there. Yeah. They decide. The jury decides. The judge decides. That's that's them. I just know you did this. You coming with me? Yeah. But everybody should have their day in court. That's your right as a as an American is to have your right in court and to be innocent until proven guilty. But that's not the way it's looked at on the streets. But you see it now to where cops are getting shut down because same thing is people ain't dumb no more, man. You know, people ain't just going to sit back now. Now people are actually educating themselves. Yeah. And you see it on social media. Yeah. Sometimes I see it. Yeah, you see the, the guys that are out there trying to bait the officers for no apparent reason. But at the same time, it's just like, dude, you're getting exposed. Yeah. You and it, it is. It's a tough job, man. It's not, again, it's not black and white. There's a lot of gray area in that job. Oh. It's a tough job. And especially in the bigger inner cities, it's it's harder, man. You don't know who to trust. Nobody trusts anyone. Right. Nobody knows what's going to happen. So it makes it makes it a lot, a lot harder to do that profession. Yeah. And I, I know that they, you know, some see some things. They're traumatized and it's kind of hard to break out of that. But there should be there should be a system for them to help them work through that. You know, in other countries, they have to go to school for years. I want to say at least a year before you can become a police officer. Should but they have help as far as counseling, you know, you know, just in case they have PTSD, yeah, stuff like that. For if they go through a traumatic experience, if they have a traumatic experience, they have help outside of that to work through these things. That wouldn't be a bad idea. And they have somebody saying, "Look, man, this guy probably seen too much. He needs to be." Yeah, he can't make it. He ain't gonna be in there. You know he what I'm long. saying? There's some people who can't handle that. They can't. They can't handle that. Um, that that sense of power or that power they have a lot of power if you they think got about a lot it. of authority cop has a lot of authority oh, yeah. you know and they say absolute power corrupts absolutely yep and if you can catch that before they go in they go through the screening process just like they do you know other professions yeah. i know they do with nfl players they screen them hey man this guy He's a little lifty. He may not be able to come out here. He's going to go buck wild. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be able to perform for you. I just think there should be another platform for him. Like us as nurses and doctors, nurse practitioners, we have a license. And if I do something, let's say I gave somebody the wrong medication, they die. Okay. I got to go up against, they got to report me. Whoever I'm working with has to report it to the state. Yeah. So now I'm up against the state here in Texas. That's in Austin. Okay. My judge is somebody that's been in the nursing field for years that's on that that's on that board of license my jury isn't just random people like they do in regular court it's all nurses all yeah. LVNs okay I gotta get a lawyer I gotta go to Austin I gotta fight for my license I could lose it right then and there okay that within itself is just one case now I've got the district attorney or whatever town he can come after me and press criminal charges so I just, I couldn't lose my license. I can spend some time in jail, and then the family can come after me and sue me. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. That's why I didn't uh. find that out until we took the ethics portion of the nursing. I can lose my license for not paying my child support. I can lose my license for having a DWI. Your personal life. No, yeah, my nursing license. Yeah. I can use, lose my license, my nursing license for having too many speeding tickets. No shit. Yeah. And when you start reading all that, I remember some of my classmates, we were talking about it, we are like, damn, kind of makes you, you know, rethink your life choices as to, do I really want to become a nurse? Cause yeah, because you have to change your I whole life. I can lose this, yeah. you know. I can lose this in, in a blink of an eye, they can take it away from me, you know. So, 
And it's so, one of those yeah, deals where for, if, if police officers, which, you know, they have A, B, or, you know, internal affairs that supposedly does that. But if they were as strict as they are with nurses, because that's the one thing. The board of nursing, the medical board of, of doctors and everybody else that's in the medical staff that has, has to carry a license, they'll sit there and tell you right away, I'm not here to protect you. I'm here to protect the people from you. Wow. Simple as that. You fuck up. Your ass is mine. And I'm pretty sure it's not looked in long. It's not looked the same way. It's not. That's the thing is that we got to go against the medical board or the nursing board first. All right, man. We're back. We're back. We're back. Let's get back into this, what you was talking about. Well, it's just what I was saying. You know, if if police officers got held to the same standards as anybody in the medical field, they would really think twice about some of the choices that they would make, some of the things yeah. that come out of their mouth. I mean, I can't cuss nobody out. They easily can report me to the state of, uh, to the board of nursing. You know, if my occupant or my employer were to report it and terminate me, you know, it's like, that's abuse. We would report you right Even away. Even if a patient's, like, acting out and telling you stuff, that you still can't respond. Can't respond. That's the one thing. You got to keep you cool. You get hit, you get smacked, you get punched. You can't retaliate. Wow. So you, you got to find a lot different of shit. ways to to make make things better. De-escalate. Yeah. De-escalate you know, you the situation. You have to de-escalate the situation. I'm sure they're told the same thing, right, as a cop to de-escalate the that's situation. The way, apparently, that's that, from what I understand, that's the first thing they're supposed to do. Keep things calm. Keep emotions calm. Because, you know, a situation happens, emotions run high. Yeah. You know, so if you're able it, to calm somebody down, you're going to get a lot more information. That's the way it is with in nursing, too. You know, my kid's crying. Something happened. First thing I say, calm down. Take a deep breath. Stop crying. Tell me what happened. Yeah. You know, and don't leave no details out. And I think that's why they should have a screening before you do a job like that. So you can tell who is able to... You can put someone through some sort of training. Well, they do training. I understand yeah. that. But you can kind of pick their brains and see how they react in certain situations to see if they're going to take things personal, which a lot of times, because we're um, emotional human, human beings. Right. Human beings are emotional beings, yeah. right? So a lot of times how we act and react, we take stuff personally. It's true. It's out of emotion. But, you know, a lot of it has to be in... The situation that you're in. Yeah. You know, if you a lot can... of it is trained. Because like I said, we go through, in, in I know now in the nursing program, you go through an interview process, you know, to get into nursing school. You got to take a test and to see where you're at. But that still doesn't determine whether you're going to go off the hinge in a certain situation. In a certain situation. Because you don't know what's been happening in your house. All kinds of shit could be happening in your house. And you don't know how to separate your personal life from your from work, work life. life. And if you take that into there. To work, and now you take it out on somebody. Yeah. Because you don't want to have it. You know, I've been with some of those nurses before where it's just like, man. They're just burning the both ends. They're they're just like, not today. I'm not dealing with you today. And it's like, hmm, maybe you should call in. You either need to go back in the back, take a chill pill, and realize whatever you got going on, go out to the car, smoke, whatever it is you got to do. But when you come back inside, leave that out there. Reset. And it takes people to realize that. It takes your coworkers or... You know, your little family, your little team yeah, that you're right. with to realize that. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a problem we're having is nobody stepping up to take that responsibility to say, hold on, man. 
so-and-so was, was, you know, they're burning in both ends right now. Maybe they need time to reset. Or it's it just, yeah, like you said, accountability. If you check each other, always keep each other accountable, you're not going to make, you're going to minimize mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. Yeah, that's going to happen. You know, but you minimize them. That's the whole point. You minimize them to the point where nobody can get hurt. And that's any profession, I believe. Yeah. Any profession, you know, from all field to, uh, you know, law enforcement to nursing, if, you know, people are checking each other on the floor level, really what you're doing is you're helping each other out. Yeah, that's all it is. You know what I'm saying? Making it's not really, sure. I'm checking on you, I'm really helping you out. Yep. Trying to get you through the, through the workday. We're a team, we're a family now. Because I'm sure y'all putting a lot of hours together. Oh, yeah. You're working a lot of hours with these people. So, you know, you're building these relationships where you care about each other and you want to see each other succeed. Yep. So that starts with holding each other accountable. And a lot of times now what I'm seeing in the workforce, that, you know, in my, in my business is people hate that. Yeah. People hate to be held, you know, to a certain standard or for someone to tell them that they did something wrong. Yep. They're like, man, no, I'm just going to whatever. And they blow off the hinges that way. I'm like, no, man, we, we, there's standards that we got to meet. There's certain things that we got to do in a certain way. We can't just be cutting corners. You know what I mean? But I, and, and now that I, you're telling me, it kind of that seems to happen everywhere. Yeah. Where we're just kind of taking these shortcuts and like, oh, man. And, and I understand we're human. We get tired. Yeah. And, and it just comes down to just sometimes you got to let somebody drown a little bit before they realize, hey, how did you do that? How did you get that done so fast? Yeah. You know, and then it's like, come on, young fella. Let me show you. I've been here too long. Let me show Or, you know, sometimes instead of some of us older generation, we need to just go ahead and just be like, hey, let me show you something right quick. You see how you was doing that right there? Let me show you easy. Do you want to know an easier way? Because I can show you an easier way real quick. Yeah. And you kind of give them the choice. Instead of just saying, hey, man, stop doing that. <laughs> Do it this way. That's where everybody gets defensive. It's all about the approach. Yeah, it's, it's like... I mean, not you ain't telling me what to do. You you old. Yeah. And right there, that's cut off communication. Cause and it shuts like, you off. It's like, man, Gazala, you've been been at the warehouse for twenty years. Why am I gonna listen to you, man? You you ain't going nowhere. You ain't doing nothing. Yeah. When instead of just saying, hey, I'm gonna show you an easier way. It's like so that way you ain't gotta sit there and break your back all, the, all day yourself. long, and kill yourself and and everything else. Then they're gonna look at you and then you can say, man, it's like I've been here twenty years. Yeah. I said, I can show you some shortcuts, dude, that, that if you plan on staying here, your last is long, but you got to be able to last. And then you start telling them, I learned from so-and-so back in 1998, you know, back in 2000. You know, yeah. I reached out. And then it's a different perspective when you give that person the choice to sit there and say, well, do I want to listen or do I not? Yeah, they want to learn. Do I want to do it my way or do I want to do it somebody else's way? Yeah. It's all it's, it's personal. Right, it's that personal choice. Do you want to grow? Do you want to learn more? Do you want to get further? And I, I think really people do want to do that, man. They they want to be challenged internally, but they're afraid to fail. You know, what failure I'm failure for men is not an option, dude. I don't know where that came from. I think maybe because we've seen uh, our grandparents, the men's side. Yeah. How we're raised up, how we are, how we're programmed. We can't fail. We got way too many people to depend on us. Yeah. See, that's the one. I think that's the one thing men don't talk about is fear. And see, and as much as we want to say, as much as I've, I've even told my son this. Said fear is not something that's in you. It's instilled. It's taught. 
Yeah. Something's got to trigger for you to be like, oh shit, hold on a second. You know, but it's, it's, fear's going to be everywhere. It's how you're going to handle it. Exactly. You know, some people stress out about it. Some people drink. Some people, you know, whatever it is to just kind of ease things up. Some people, I see fear as a challenge. Yeah. You know, what do I got to do? First and foremost, how's it going to affect me? Actually, it's not even how's it going to affect me. It's how's it going to affect my family. Exactly. If it affects my family, then we got to step up and do something completely different. We don't talk about that. Men don't talk about fear. We don't talk about a lot of things, man. We (laughs) always hold things in because we're men. We're not. Some say we're not supposed to, but it's just a lot of times when we're talking to somebody, we don't. They don't understand where we're coming from. Yeah. That's just like you talking to a. It's perfect example. Men can talk about men's stuff, and we can share. And I can tell you. This is what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of losing. You're going to understand. Because at some point in your life, you felt it. You may not realize it, but you felt it. Went through those emotions. Yeah. Even if it's just a taste. You can't talk the same thing to your partner, a woman. Yeah. They don't know how to be a man. We can't be a woman. You know? That's why a lot of times now, with my wife, when she talks, I try to just listen. You know? That's the one thing that it took me a long time to realize is not everybody wants your opinion. Sometimes somebody just wants you to listen. To listen. See, and I've grown over the years where it's like, I'm not a mind reader. Don't expect me to see what you see. Don't expect me to feel what you feel because I'm not you. I don't see. I don't do. I don't hear. I don't taste like you do. So if you want me to listen, say, hey, I need to talk to you, but I just need you to listen. Simple as that. Yeah. I keep my mouth shut. Exactly. I just listen to you and just, damn. Like really? Wow. I'm sorry. Yeah, that vent that venting goes a long way. It goes a long way. And you know, I kind of went through it last time on this on this podcast. We talked about it a little bit. We hit that. Um just sitting here and talking to somebody mm-hmm. about the um, either you know, you could have you could have this emotion or this feeling and not know what it is. Yeah. Right? I feel a certain way, but I don't know how I actually feel about it, hundred percent. You can't explain you're, you're, it. You're trying to work through this emotion, yeah. but if you never talk about it to somebody, then you'll never know how to work through it. You have to, you have to be able to, to talk. Hey, man, I feel this way. I'm not sure what it is, but, and and just by doing that, you're kind of taking these baby steps and working through that emotion and learning how you know. Like as I tell people, there's there's there's. You're not the same person every day. Right. There's angry you, there's happy you, and there's sad you. Those three yous have to learn to work through that one feeling that you're feeling every day. Every day. When you're happy, you got to learn to work through that emotion that you don't know what it is, but you got to try to learn to work through it. Yep. Then mad you, same thing, has to learn how to work through that emotion. Sad you has to learn how to work through that emotion. How to get past How to things. get past it Yeah And and, and how fast You're going to get past it some Yeah people, Some people dwell on things You know I'm Just holding back That is the one thing Yeah man Dwelling on the passage Is, is going to hold you back You have to learn from it For one And you got to right? be able to It has to be a learning tool It can't be a crutch No A lot A lot That, and that happens a lot a You lot. use it as a crutch And then and It becomes you, an excuse For everything <laughs> Everything you're never going to, it's the same thing with this podcast, man. When I decided to do it, and I told you earlier, you know, uh, a lot of the people that I invite, I realize that people that are fine with putting themselves in uncomfortable situations are more than willing to do it. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah, I'll do it. 
even if you don't know what you're going to talk about. Right? I say you don't have to know what you're going to talk about. Everybody has an experience that they've gone through or something that they can share with the world that's going to resonate with somebody else and help them. You don't even know who that person is. I've had people come up to me and tell me, hey, man, that thing you were talking about, 100% understand what you're talking about. I've been through that, too. And sometimes I don't know. But So there's more to it. You know what I'm saying? There's there's a lot more to the things that you're doing that you don't understand. Oh, it's always. to help somebody else. You're, you're, you don't only go through your experiences for you. You go through your experiences for somebody else. Right? So you can't let that hold you back. You can't let that be a crutch. Because there's so many people depending on you, your kids, your wife, to go through that experience and be like, how did you do it? Yep. This is what I did. And it may work. And it may not. It may, it may not work. Yeah, because they're <laughs> different. Know? And that's the thing. Everybody's going to see things completely different. Yeah. It, it worked for you, but somebody can turn around and just say, man, that's, that wasn't the, that's not the right thing to do. Well, you can't necessarily say that. That's yeah. not the approach you would take. Because your experiences had led you to something else. Exactly. To see something else. Yeah. This guy may or may not have had those same experiences or had somebody to lean on to, to teach him how to do certain things. So they said, to the best of their ability and their knowledge, I'm going to try this. And it's like... In that similar worked. situation. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. And it's like, and it worked. And if it don't work, then it's back to the drawing board. Yeah, my, th- my thing, like, what I say is, I can't tell you what to do if I've never gone through it. If I've never gone through that experience that, you, that you're going through, I can't tell you what to do. Yeah. How can I tell you what to do if I don't know, if I've never done that? Yeah. I can only give you advice, because I'm not telling you what to do, I'm just giving you advice. I have to go through what you've gone through. And then, only then can I tell you, hey, this is what worked for me, yeah. these are the things that I use. this is the help that I looked for. This is what I did. If it helps you, good. But it's going to point you somewhere. Yep. It's a starting point. It's better than not having any, anything at all, I think. You know what I mean? Again, like when I talked about this uh, last week with Robert, he was working through some internal emotions. He was, yeah. he was working through some things. And he thought in his mind, he said, man, he was, he was I, I came to peace with this, with this thing, with, with this dad. He was, I came to peace with this. But in his head, I could see him, you know, and I'm not recording some video. I wish I was, but you could see as he's talking about it, he's in his mind, he's still working through these emotions, through these feelings. Like, damn, did did I really come to peace with this? Am I really at terms with this? Or am I still trying to figure this thing out? And and, and that's one of the deals is, is I've always said, if you are at peace, it's easy to let go and move yeah. forward. If If you can't let go, you're not at peace. Yeah. You know, to some degree. Not all, not every situation is like that. Yeah. You know, but it all comes back to the way I think men are is we're going to second guess ourselves after the fact. Did I do the right thing? Was this the best choice? Yeah. Could I have done something different? So much responsibility falls on you. That's why. It's always going to be Dude, I like second that. guess myself all the time see, about the things that I do. And and see, for me, I guess I've learned uh, from nursing school and being in my profession, you can't second guess yourself. The moment you start second guessing yourself, you have to reach out to somebody yeah. to get a second opinion. Whether it's it's the same nurse that's just the same title as you or you go to somebody higher. You have to because we can't afford to make a mistake like I said sometimes life 
is in your hands. Somebody's life's in your hands. So it's not something that's taken lightly. But coming back to just men and the things that we deal with, like I said, failure is not an option when you have so much responsibility and so many people depending on you. Yeah. But fear, we should learn from that. Fear is not an option. We should learn you know? from that and reach out for See, help. And, we and don't do that. We don't. We hate to be helped, bro. We yeah, hate to. Sometimes it does come down to not wanting to help. Your pride gets in the way. Yeah. And another thing, too, I think this is the biggest factor is time. We don't have time. Like for me today, you know, I've been telling since when you reached out to me about coming out, I was like, told my wife, I was like, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. She was like, well, who? I was like, man, I'm a good friend of mine, Gonzalo. And he was like, who's that? I was like, baby, you know his sister. It's like, who's his sister? Lisa. She's like, really? He's like, yeah. She's like, well, what's it about? I don't know. <laughs> what are you going to talk about? I don't know. I know we'll get there. And yeah, because to me, it's like, man, you're starting something. Let's just jump in. If I can help you do something, just I'm just going to jump in. Yeah, okay, man. What, I was, what, is, what is it talking about? Bro, I was nervous you know? as hell when I first started it. I ain't going to lie. And when I would, uh, and not to deviate from what you were talking about, but when I first reached out to people, uh, you know, and yeah, I talk about it. People are like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, why the hell do you want to do that? That's something different. Just something to sit there and talk about. And I people... think not only that, man, I'm I'm good at talking to people, yeah. for one. But I feel like we could help others mm-hmm. in so many different ways. We get a voice out there for our area, for where we live, right? Everybody thinks we live out in the middle of nowhere. We don't live out in the middle of fucking nowhere. No, we right? live there's, right smack in the middle of everywhere else. <laughs> we, yeah, there's people that live here, yeah. right? There's a bunch of good people that live here. Yeah. We got a voice, too. We, we we can think for ourselves. We know what's going on out there. We got social media and the news on our phone just like everybody else. We have opinions about these things. Yeah. And that's all they are is opinions. Whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know. Hell, the news doesn't even know if they're right or wrong. You know what I'm saying? But we do have opinions, and there's a lot of brilliant minds out here. And those are the people that I'm reaching out to. Those are the people I want to talk to. You can teach me a lot. I figure I can learn a lot from someone who I, in my eyes, see to be successful. You know? And again, I don't see success as just... The the, money and everything you're driving and stuff like that. That's not success to me. Success is, are you happy with what you're doing? Right? Are you taking care of every, everybody in, on your team, right? Which is your family. Yeah. That's, your, that's your team. That's your little family. Are you taking care of them? Are you trying to do the best to your knowledge what is right? To me, that's, are you happy with yourself? Can you go to sleep at night? You're successful. That's success. That's success to me, yep. right? Because even they said, even the richest person could still be lonely. Bro, have, they say... And have, and have everything that they want at their fingertips. They say there's a bunch of billionaires. There's billionaires with the B out there that are unhappy. Yeah, and it's it's a very small percentage. I yeah. think the last time I heard, it's like one, maybe two percent. Yeah, the one percent, the one percent is what they call them. They so, call them the one percenters. Not very many. There's and not a yet, bunch of them. But you sit there and you look at how they got there to where they are at. It's a lonely road. It if, is. If, if that's what you wanted to do, it's a very lonely road because you're sacrificing your whole entire life to make that money. To make that money, but they don't have wives. They don't have children. If they do. Their wives may or may not be understanding because they know it's like, he's grinding. They're you gone. They're gone, gone all the yeah, time. Yeah, he's gone all the time. He's grinding. He's making money. He's paying the bills. taking care of everything. And that kind of goes back to the way, like you said, success isn't from for us. We don't see that. For me, I don't see the finish line. 
I see the process. Yeah. That's success. That's success. Where you come from, where you were, to where you got to, and you're still working, you are successful. Yeah. You know, you're still grinding. You're still waking up every morning, putting in the hard work. But kind of going back to what I tell you about time for us men is that being the head of your household, whether you're married, you just got kids, you're still the head of your household. You know, you said you got children. Kid comes over every other weekend. You're the head of his household. Yeah. You know, you've got a bigger responsibility. And that's the one thing that for us to have kids as men, we've got a greater responsibility to our children, especially if we have boys. I, t I had a conversation with this about my wife. And I told her one time, I said, I've got a greater responsibility to my son than I do with my daughters. I teach my daughters, you teach them to be loved, to be appreciated. But you can't teach him to be a woman. My son, I've got a bigger responsibility because one day he's going to be the head of the house, of his house. He can't sit there and just be, man, I just, I'm just going to quit. I don't uh, like this. No I don't like up. this, you know, this over here from this job. I'm just going to quit. I don't like that. It's like, dude, sometimes it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You got people depend on you. Go out there and grind. Go get what you want. Work hard for it. And, and your success will follow. Hard work always pays off. Yeah. No matter how it is. No matter if you work your ass off at Walmart and get fired. Regardless, you were successful because at that point, you had your bills paid. You had a roof over your head. You had food on the table. Food in your belly. Clothes on your back. And you know, you know you're going to be able to do it somewhere else. If you just put in the work, you're going to be able to put that's, in the work somewhere just else. That's going to be it. You know, you make what you want to make out of it. No matter what it is you decide to do in life. Yeah. But as men... That's that's the one thing for me. I go to work. I come home. Now I'm working out, and I used to do this. I used to go to work. Used to hurry up, do my job right, hurry up and get home, so I can be timed to where I can get my food in, get my 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 pre workout meal in, my pre workout in, and then go to the gym for X amount of time, and then come home, take a shower, spend time with family. Yeah. Now I started going at 5:30. Now I'm at home. The whole evening. So I cut the grass. I'm hanging out with the kids. I'm walking the dogs now with my, with my wife. Just hanging out. It kind of works out that way right now. Yeah, we're doing better. But it's time. You yeah, know? it's time management. And for me to do that, it's like, where does everything else fit into play? My escape is the gym. Throwing up weight. Find an escape for yourself. Yeah. And go do it. Man, I talk about that a lot. I talk about that a lot with people because there's, you know, this is not an uncommon thing for people to feel stuck in a situation. Even if they feel happy with their partner, that they're stuck in a situation and they're like, man, I just feel like I don't have anything to offer. Yeah. As you do. You do. There's an outlet for you somewhere. You just can't be afraid to say what it is. Yep. And that's what it is. Your fear is that you're afraid to say that this is what I want to do and that people are going to mock you for it. Or they're going to question you about it. Again, like with this podcast, when I yeah. tell people, hey, man, this is what I want to do. Why the fuck do you want to do that? What's wrong with you? Like, what, what are you trying to do? You're trying to be like Joe Rogan. And, no, dude, I'm just trying to talk to people and learn. Yeah. Because I can learn from everybody. But at the same time, when somebody says, you want to be like Joe Rogan, you should tell them. Because I was like, yeah, why not? So why can't dude, I do it? Dude, do you know how much money he's making? <laughs> I think he got 100 mil. I mean, even, even if he, even what, Spotify dropped him? Yeah. He's still making he's money. He's still paid, bro. He's still getting he's still other paid. people to say, no, man, this is what he's doing. And he's good at it. Yeah. So why not? 
Why not take that leap? You know, and that's that's not. The, I don't even think about that. The 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 deal is, how do you defend that against everybody else? You can't defend it with everybody. Yeah, and you're not. But going how to. can I still believe in this dream or do what I want to do without being, you know, influenced by what I'm hearing? When I did my first podcast, man, the the sound on it was horrible. Yeah, you could barely hear me. I got roasted for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you started off. I started off. People were like, "Dude, you sound." Off. Everybody has to start off somewhere. No Everybody's like, "Do you sound like shit?" You know, like, and I'm like, how could, how do I keep going from that? You just got to keep going, bro. Yeah, you got to believe in yourself that it's going to get better. Yeah. From one to two, it got way better. You know what I'm saying? One to three, it's going to get better. It's going to get better as I go on. The only person that has to believe in you is you. If you want to get where you want to get, you might not know where you want to be. Yeah. But you got to believe in yourself. You got to find something that like you can dump your heart into. If it's your family, it's your family. That's what you do day in, yeah. day out. You you want to spend time with your family. You dump your heart into your family. That's what you want to do. I'm 100% for it. That's what makes you happy. Yeah. Do it. to the mo- I'm, I'm a big believer in you got to be the best everything that you are. Yeah, you got to give it everything you have. You're a dad. You're, the, you're try a son. To be, try to be the best dad. Husband. LVN. Everything that you are in life. Everything that you have that label that's attached to your name. You got to be the best everything. Yeah. It's work all the time. You know, one of my favorite quote, my one of my favorite. Uh, it's not even a quote. It was just a conversation that Kobe had with somebody, and the guy was like, "Man, how do you?" He goes, "How do you? Uh, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah. As far as being successful in basketball and a family man and businessman now." And Kobe said, "It's always work. It's a hundred percent work all the time." He goes, "When I go to the gym, it's work. I go home, family time. It's work." When I go back to the gym and, you know, practice, it's more work. Yeah. And then back at home, family time, it's work. It's constantly work. It's not I go to work and work and go home and chill. It's I go to work and work. I come home and I work. I'm grinding all the time. Whether I'm working out with the girls or just being dad to the girls and being the husband, it's always work. I'm making time for me and her to get away from the kids. I'm, I'm making time for me and the kids to make sure I'm dad. Yeah. And then I'm putting in the work to be, you know, what I am as far as a basketball player and a businessman. I'm making time for all these things, but I'm it's always work. So it's a hundred percent, giving yourself a hundred percent. And if you're man, if you're drained at the end of the day, you fuck it. You, got. you did it. You know what I'm saying? You did the damn thing. I just I just think with that, Gonzalo is try to the best advice that I've I give and that I've given myself over the years is I tried to leave the word work out of things. Yeah. Work is where I go. But at the same time, I always tell, I've told my daughter, I've told several of my cousins that have graduated high school and going into college. Some of them already not graduated college, you know, and I tell them the one thing, the only advice I give you is do what you love and love what you do. And you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. I like that one. So, so I tend to keep, I go to work. Different mindset. Different it's not mindset. Work. I'm going as soon to... as I clock in, I'm I'm on. I clock out, I'm off. Even though my nursing mind will always turn on, because my wife can call me and say, "Hey, babe, uh, so and so called me. You know, they got this, they got this going on." It's like, okay, right away I'm thinking, okay, has this happened? Have they done this? What did they do? What were they doing? You know, what was going on before? What was going on? You know, right when this started, or what have you? You know. And you take a look at that. But when I go home, it's like, when I go home, my wife's like, how's work? It was work. 
Yeah, it was work. You know? And I'm here you with know? y'all. It's like, like or, I, or you know, I tell her, I was like, it's a good day. Yeah. Every day is a good day. That's what I always say. Every day is a good day. You know, and then for a while, uh, there was a time in my life where I couldn't find a job. I didn't know where I was going to work. I, I went almost a year. I think I remember so, that time. So I during think, yeah, that I period, I actually got fired from the hospital. I appealed it and I lost on a technicality and a whole bunch of other mess. But it almost took me a year before I found a job back at the nursing home in Olton. And fear sunk in. You start worrying, how am I going to pay my bills? How am that I doubt sets in. Yeah, you know, you really don't look for nobody because you want to do things on your own. But fortunately for me, I had some close people that I talked to just, just to be like, man, I just got to be patient. And that's yeah. the biggest thing that the people would always tell me. Be patient. Be patient with it. So, but yeah, you know, and when my wife would say, how was work? It's just like, man. Work is it was a good day. Good I have day. a job, you know. I got I get paid for the day. I'm coming home. Are you a Are you a big believer in positivity reciprocates? Oh yeah, negative negative vibes, as we like to call it in my house. Man, it's it's not a good thing. You know, we tell each other when somebody comes in, be negative, Nancy. We were just like, hey, negative Nancy. You know, you're <laughs> you're messing with my vibes right now. And I actually got that from my daughter. Really? You know, yeah. My 17-year-old, Ashley, wow. my wild child, she was always <laughs> like, what's up with all these negative vibes? Especially when I'm getting on to her. Yeah. And she's like, what's going on with all these negative vibes? You're messing up my vibe right now. And I'm like, who are you talking to? You know, but then it's like, you kind of check yourself after a while. And then I started using her when she coming in, you know, all grumpy and everything. And it's like, go back to the room, man. We got positive vibes here. Positive vibes you coming in with negativity. Go on over there. We don't need that negative vibes. But that's kind of what it is. It does. Yeah. You know, it's just like in anything, if you refer back to football, um, excitement is contagious. Yeah. You know, hype is contagious. One person starts, and then it just wildfire. And you see it in the games where yeah. the momentum just changes. Shit. Right? Because one team could one be play. beating that other team's ass, and then all of a sudden – they Second, pick it off yep. or whatever, take it back for a touchdown. And then, and then it just starts shifts. to just yep. shift because the same thing, right? They start to doubt themselves on the other sideline. They start mm-hmm. to question themselves and like, man, I don't know. They start to fear themselves. Oh, man. this they, like, here we go again, man. We're about to get our butts handed to us. They just score yeah, one. Positive vibes always comes into play, man. But from I, I've got a lot of time. I've done home health with two different companies. This is my same company. And – as much as I'm driving like a truck driver, you have a lot of time to think. You know, I've told my wife, said, man, you don't know how many conversations I've had in the car. <laughs> I said, I've been mad. I've been angry. I've cried. I've preached. You know, I've had big old sermons. And I was like, hell, even concerts where I'm singing full blast. That's release, you know? man. Yeah, That's release. It's just whatever. And then there's times where I'm in silence. And, and that's what actually has helped me over the years is being in silence and being comfortable with. Because I tell my wife, that's how you know you're not comfortable with silence. She's like, how do you know that? I said, sit in the living room or in the room with no phone, no TV, turn everything off, radio, everything, and just sit there in silence and listen to your breath. I said, if it freaks you out, you're not comfortable with it. Yeah. There's been many times when I would drive to Olton at 6 to 5 o'clock in the morning because our shift started at 6, 6 to 2. Driving dark, I turn the radio off. For one, I don't want to hit no deer. 
A lot of people don't know the shitload of deer always cross through through from Pleasanton. <laughs> they're Olton, they're coming in, man. They're they're always there, and I see them on the side of the road where semi trucks are just going ninety miles an hour. Boom! Yeah, they're moving flies. out this way. They're moving you know? out this way. So you paying attention to the deer because for one, you don't know if it's a cow or it's a deer going. You know that that early in the morning, but you sit in silence and you just and that's why I tell my wife I was just like she's driving to work. Sometimes she would call me. She's like, "What are you doing?" It's like just getting mentally ready. She's like, are you not? I was just like, I don't get mentally ready, fully mentally ready till I'm at work. But my process actually started going to work. You know, just. It's like meditation. Mm-hmm. It's meditation. Well, it is meditation yeah, it in is a meditation. way. And no meditation is, is good for you. Because I know in the Bible it talks about it, <laughs> that when you're actually praying and you're talking mm-hmm. to the Lord, you're meditating. It's, just, it's a form of meditation that's calming you down. Not only that, you're, you're talking to yourself. And are you comfortable with your own thoughts? And yeah. can you control them? See, and that's another thing. When you talk to yourself, you can't lie to yourself. You may be able to bullshit to somebody that doesn't know you or can't read all your bullshit or call you out on can't it. Can't lie to yourself. Can't never, that's the one person you can never lie to yeah. is yourself. You can lie to everybody else except yourself because you know down in your heart, you know, only you know the truth. Yeah. And when you have a conversation with yourself, you may think, man, man, I'm, people are going to see me look like a, a weirdo on medication. But... That's how you really get to know yourself. Yeah. What you actually like. And then when you start talking to yourself how you how you think, then you take a pause and it's like, wait a minute. I shouldn't think that way. Yeah. You know, it's just like, or why am I thinking that way? I and think a lot of times like, somebody's perspective of you kind of stays with you, and it's hard to shake that off. It does. If if you're the type of person that that actually cares what people think about you, or has some kind of influence or an impact on you, it's gonna take effect. Yeah. Regardless, of, it might be little, it might be huge. See, for me, I've never been that type of person that cares what anybody thinks about me. And I tell that to my wife. So I mean, I really don't care. Even when I was dating her, she's just like, I don't care what people think about me. Yeah. You know, she's like, how can you be that way? I said, easy, because if I start trying to change how I am. Because of you don't like this or this person sees certain ways of me. So you end up creating almost a different persona. And you see that. Yeah, they do. They change. Where you can go into a business and you'll see somebody. They treat you a certain way. Show you love and everything. You're like, oh, man. Yeah, man. It's cool. And then you run into them at Walmart and it's completely different. Different. Then it's like. Man, that dude walked right past me and didn't saw me. I know he saw me. <laughs> act like they don't know me. They act like they don't know me, but yeah, they just kept on. So what know? advice do you have for somebody who's struggling with that? Because I, I, I mean, I talk to a lot of people that have that pro- that issue, that problem, that they have that they're so afraid of how somebody else perceives them on route to trying to attain their goals, yeah. to trying to get what they're... And it's holding them back. You know what I'm saying? Because that, that does happen. Yeah. Where, say, you're going into the gym and you're so self-conscious about being in there because you're a beginner. Yeah. And everybody else you think is perceiving you a certain way, so it keeps you from even going. I would just say you got, you know, like the whole Dove commercial, comfortable in your own skin. You are who you are. I'm 5'3". I weigh 180 pounds. But, yeah, back in the day, I was 5'3", 120 pounds. Yeah. I am who I am. This is This is it. I can't apologize for what I what I am. I, I can change for the better, 
You know, we always keep adapting. We always want to be the best person of ourselves. You just can't be. Our attitudes, yeah, anyway. Yeah, our attitudes has to change. Yeah. You know, and you, and you pick up things. If you're open to picking up things and adapting and learning, it's even better because it makes you a better person. Yeah. You, not them. Or it's going to make you a better person for you, not for them. Even though it will eventually carry over. But it starts with you. Yeah. So you have to be completely comfortable with yourself. Yeah, and you know, I think... No, and no matter what it is, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter how things are going, if you, like I said, if you have this conversation with yourself, you can't lie to yourself. And you tell yourself, this is me. This is how I think. This is how I feel. This is what I want. This is what I don't want. This is what I like, what I don't like. You can always, and I tell this to my kids, when something bad happens or something happens... The first thing I always tell my kids, tell me the truth. Don't leave nothing. I only want to deal with the truth. But what? No, no, no. Don't give me your opinions. Don't tell me what you think. Just give me the, the facts, not tell the truth. Tell me what it is. I tell them, give me the facts. Because that's the, in, in nursing, we only deal with facts. Yeah. And that's one of the things probably could be, if you ask my wife, she'll probably just say, that's kind of a, a, a downfall or um, let's just say a red flag or you know something that she, she may not like. But I always say this, and I tell my kids this. You can never dispute the facts. You can try, but it ends up being your opinion. It's yeah. not a fact. Yeah. A f opinion can be disputed and give you numbers to dispute what your opinion is. But if I give you the facts, the whole facts, and nothing but the facts. That's all it is. You can't say nothing. You can't dispute it. You can't give me your opinions. You can't say, but but hold on, hold on. Look at it this way. No, can't do it. Yeah, and that's a, that's the the power behind truth, mm -hmm. and we, you know we talked about it. Is that people? That's what they want to hear. It's just honesty. Yeah. Is when you're honest with them because that's what carries more weight with people. All this other stuff, all this bullshit, just falls by the wayside. Right? Oh yeah. The truth is always gonna, even even if the truth is not known at the moment, it's always gonna find its way. You know, you know why they say the truth hurts. The truth should never hurt you. The truth hurts because you know that that's right. Yeah. And to admit, like, damn, you know, instead of us, like, when you go to the barbershop, everybody always talks, everybody's always bullshitting, talking about whatever. But when facts are facts, everybody's <laughs> like, yeah, man, speak. Yeah. Go, keep going, man. Let these young bucks know. You'll hear somebody say that. Yeah. You know, because why? Because they're not offended and they don't get hurt. Because for one, feelings aren't involved. That's what I'm telling you. If you speak the facts, feelings are out of the question. Opinions are out of the question. And then it's easier to come up with solutions. Yeah, because yeah, you can you can find that uh, you can work through that problem. Because now you know what you're working with. When it's just facts. Yeah. When it's how could I do this? How could I do that? Now there's certain things you know, like fixing a pipe or a drain or something that you can ask for help. You know, because you deal with the facts. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to ask. Yeah. But there's certain things that us as men, we don't ask. You know, we don't ask each other. We're not going to sit there and ask each other. And it's, it's not, well, it kind of depends. But uh, you're not going to walk up to another man and just say, hey, man, I'm having trouble in the bedroom. You know, because the first thing you're going to start thinking, man, this dude's going to clown on me. Yeah, pride. That pride you know, is a bitch. It's, it's like, man, then he's going to tell my boy, all the rest of our boys, and I'm going to get clowned off. Yeah. But when you know somebody in the medical field, and just say, hey, can I ask you a medical question? Because I get that a lot. Can I ask you a medical question? Yeah. 
This is what's going on. I'm having these issues. I'm having these issues. Okay. What have you done? Then I start dealing with facts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot easier when you know somebody and you can automatically ask them, start off with that approach. Can I get a medical advice from you? What do you think? But going to your boys, who's always talking shit about doing this or doing that, he ain't got no issues. He ain't got no problems. Yeah. You try to do it. That's why a lot of times it comes down to that. It's fear. Yeah, it's fear. How can you ask somebody that you think is your boy, but you're afraid he's going to clown on you? Yeah. When you shouldn't. You should always be able to, a man should always be able to ask another man, no matter what it is, hey man. And a lot of times it's probably your realest friend is the one that you know, hey man, I can ask this dude anything, it's always going to be 100%. Yeah, we bullshit, but when it's serious, he's going to give me 100%. Like, he's going to be honest with me, and he knows he knows what you what you need at that at that time. At that and people time. that are like that are far and few yeah. that know when you need what you need. You know what I'm saying? I need to be this funny guy, or I need to be the serious person, yeah. or I need to be that guy you just listen to you, whatever. And it's more than, you know, if you have friends, and that is a responsibility as well. You know what I'm saying? Especially those those few friendships that you have yeah. that, are, that are real, the ones you've had for years. And it's the, same, it's the same with your wife and your kids. It's who do I need to be at what time? I can't just always be... Yeah, iron fisted you yeah. know what I mean like cause we grew up that's how we grew that's up that's how it you. is my you, grandpa was iron fisted you lay down the law bro. and that's, that's it nah, you, don't, don't, you don't question it you don't ask why you, you don't wait you get up and do whatever's asked of you to do yeah period. that's it there ain't no yeah. nah hell no. Nah, there ain't no jokes around here but I'm telling you what to do and that's all it's gonna be okay. but you know at the same time that taught me a lot I learned a lot from that yeah. I needed that cause I was hard headed bro but I'm not like that with my kids. I've learned how to balance who I am and who I need to be with both of them. They're both different. Yeah. My daughter and my son, they're two different people. So I, I can't be the same way with both of them. I love them exactly the same, equally. Yeah. But the way I treat them, as far as who I need to be with them, that has to change with who they are. Again, they're happy, mad, sad. They're different people all the time. Who do I need to be? When they need, when they need, that is that is true, and, but at the same time, not you know now if we if we jump into to parenthood, but I still go back to rules are rules, rules don't change. Yeah, yeah, rules. You still gotta have the rules. You still gotta have the you rules. Still gotta have still the gotta, rules. Yeah, you can you can kind of change things, your approach to some things, but still, and that's the one thing that I tell my wife. Well, Mike, when it comes to my kids, I treat them all the same, and all my rules apply to them. Yeah, you know, my wife's always telling me it's like you can't do that. It's like yeah, I can. I said because once you start treating one differently. The other one's going to expect to be treated differently. And then the whole word of, man, that's your favorite. It gets that's messy. Yeah. It gets messy. It gets like, tough. To me, when, when my kids are like, who's your favorite? They ain't got one. You know, I'm flat out. I don't sit there and be like, you know. You're well, all my favorite. You're my, yeah. <laughs> or I, or I, I, I love you all that. I love, I love yeah, all of y'all my favorites. They're like, no, who's your favorite? Well, I'll sit there and be like, well, you're my favorite oldest. You're the next favorite because you're the next oldest and then you're the next oldest and blah 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 and then they're like but I am the your oldest or I am the next oldest exactly so I love you yeah you know you're my favorite my because favorite. of that oh, and favorite. then they're like it's not that's not what I want to hear you know tell me what I want to hear I'm gonna <laughs> tell you what you want to hear I want to tell you what the truth is the so truth is I love you all the same I love you all the same but you break my rule you get the same rules one. is love True. to me rules is love if you cause I'm not out there giving advice and rules to people that I don't care about. Right. Right? I'm not out there, hey, man, you probably shouldn't do this. Just like my friends, you know, that ain't be falling off the path. 
I ain't gonna tell you nothing, bro. If I don't care about you, right? If I don't care about you. Go do what you gotta yeah, go it's, do. It's gonna be like, dude, that's your life. You do what you want to do. But if I'm on your ass and I'm honest, and I'm honest with all my friends, you can ask a man yeah. to like fucking. I don't just tell you like it is. Yeah, because I care about you, dude. I want you to succeed. I want you to do better. I know that there's better in you. Yeah. You have that in you. And I'm disappointed when you fail, because in my heart, I believe you can do more. Yep. You can be more. You're letting yourself down. You're letting me down. That's with anybody that you love. You have that expectation that you can do more. You can be more. Yeah. I'm just disappointed. I don't love you less. I'm just I'm just disappointed that you chose this route versus the other one. It's a learning lesson. Let's move on. I still love you, but the rules are rules. You're gonna have to pay for what you did. You know what oh, I'm that's, saying? That's automatic. Yeah. That is automatic. Yeah, I think we like that a little bit nowadays, man. Some parents have gotten soft, and that's a touchy subject for them. You know what I'm saying? You can't talk about somebody about their kids. And they'll be like, oh, no, 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 you can't tell me about my kids. Look, man, if you don't if you don't be on them, that's that's love when you tough love. It's a little tough I'm not telling you to whoop their ass in front of everybody all hey, the time. I, I'm still one of those that believes <laughs> uh, your kid gets to act up at Walmart. You should, you should get on his ass. Get on right that there ass. There. You popped out popped that ass one time, I guarantee you a lot of shit will stop. And just, I, I still think it, to this day that's that's what this country lacks a little bit. Ass whooping. It's an ass whooping. And even bored to the ass. That's what it is, man. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what it you is too, man. Bring some of that back, and you let some of these, you know, you let the parents kind of, you know, I wouldn't say take the authority away from some of the people that are in position to, to discipline the kid. Let them have it. Yeah. Or, <coughs> like anything else, like my mom, my dad used to do, and I'm sure your grandpa. You mess up at school, and I got to come down there and get off of work. I'm going to whoop you into school right then and there. Yeah. And then you're going to get it again when you get home. My dad wasn't having it either, man. My dad was like, if I got in trouble, he didn't care if I was right or wrong. <laughs> I remember I got in trouble for doing a, I did a handshake. The handshake we all do now, just a little yeah, simple yeah, yeah. like that. Teacher saw it, gang, that's, that's gang related. First thing she said, wrote me up, got detention for it. I was like, damn, all I did was a handshake. I went home. I gave the detention note to my dad. Yeah, hell no. He said, come here. Yeah. Don't bring me none of these little yellow pieces. I got it. Paper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, my the, dad. It didn't matter day, if I was right or wrong. It didn't matter. First day of school. That's what my dad used to always tell us. Don't bring me none of these pink pieces of paper. Don't bring me no, yes, nothing I got to sign. And then there you are with, with our sheet about a field trip. Dad, uh, can I get you to sign this paper? What is it? He was already ready to jump. <laughs> we'll whoop like, somebody well, right now. They want to take us to, you know, to, what's it called? A steak out for, for, or one of the cow places, you know, the mills, the uh, milking thing to take us on a school trip. What's that for? I don't know. They're just going to we'll get on the bus and go somewhere for fun. Like, all right. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. All right. You better not be lying to me. <laughs> like, nah, <here> it is. <laughs> yeah. That was the, that was. That was the way we grew up, man. My dad was born in he was born in Mexico. My grandpa was born in Mexico. My grandma, my mom. So you know, I was first generation being over here, and that that mentality just was so ingrained in me. You know what I'm saying? That survival mentality of you got to walk this straight and narrow. Oh yeah. You know what I'm you saying? You can't get out of line because they knew the consequences, even yeah. though you didn't understand the consequences. Yeah, because they knew it. Being a minority. Being over here, it wasn't the same for everybody. And, and if you're undocumented, you know that if one person draws attention, it's a 
possible that's trouble. To get shit back. That's yeah. trouble, man. That's you trouble know? for everybody. And that's that was tough. That was tough for them. I can't even imagine. I talk about my grandpa all the time, man. He did the he did all the hard work. Yeah. Came over to a place that he didn't know, didn't speak the language, just decided, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go for it. I'm like, damn, I couldn't even imagine that. I, I couldn't even imagine doing that now. That's the same thing my dad did. My dad and my mom. I was one years old. My brother was what, eleven months when we came over here. You know, we were born in Mexico. And I've asked him, I was just like, what made y'all come to play me? So we, y'all were right there underneath California. We could have been living in California all this time. <laughs> y'all came with a little old flavor. Somehow or another, my grandpa came over here Plain and me. was farming. And that was right before uh, XL opened up because back then they were called Missouri Beef. Oh, yeah. You know, so somehow or another, they came over here and called my dad and said, hey, y'all need to come over here. I'm like, okay. And that's because it's funny because I talked to them and they'll sit there and say, well, we actually had permission we had a, a temporary visa to come over here we just never came back yeah and we came by plane so no when shit. i've always heard the, the term you know man these wetbacks this is wet back then i'm just like we I'm flew not, over that one. like yeah i didn't i didn't even swim across nothing so but yeah and i didn't think about it until then to where it's like you walk that straight and narrow path and you don't draw attention to yourself you don't get called you know, get in trouble by the police. So we got one purpose: that's to know, work to and work and pay the bills and survive. Survive. That's it. Yeah. My dad, even to this day, you know, I'm 43 years old, and my dad will still sit there, and every now and then, it's just like, you still gotta survive. Yeah. That's all we're doing is just surviving out here. A basic instinct of human beings is to to uh, survive. Will procreate and live long enough to survive. That's it. <laughs> so and along the way, you have a family and try to teach them the values of what it's like to be, you know, yeah. hardworking person. And yeah. No matter what it is, just work hard. You know, yeah. Provide. Well, I think your grandpa made a great choice coming to Texas, man, instead of California, because they moving over here anyway. That, yeah. And everybody gas is t- almost ten dollars over there. Oh man! And then the, all the crazy rules they got over there in California. It's wild, man. But. Uh, no man, we're going into about two hours in this bitch. And I know you're a busy man. I wanna let you get back home to your family. Uh I wanna thank you for coming through. Yeah, hey, I appreciate you. Hitting us with me, your man. knowledge that you yeah, got, man. Anytime. Just, we got to do we're definitely gonna have to do it again. Oh, of course. But I appreciate you, man. Yeah, we might have to bring a couple other cats and we'll have a full all out men discussions. Yeah, we could do that too, you man. Know, let that, me set this. Good, yeah, you set it up, man. You invite me over and you get some of the guys. You know, but I guarantee you, Gonzalo, this will pay off, and they're gonna end up. People that turn you down are eventually gonna become seeing you at Walmart. Hey, when you gonna have me on your show? <laughs> you know, and it, it's gonna be all right, man. I think. Uh, I mean, it's just meant the people that are that are coming. Yeah. That's what it's meant to be. Oh, it's meant for those people to be here. There's no. I'm, I'm a strong believer, and there ain't no coincidences. You was meant to be here. Whatever you got from it was for you. Yeah. Whatever I got from it was for me. But everybody else gonna hear, gonna hear us. You know what I'm saying? So good conversation. Hell yeah! So we'll just leave it at that, man. And thanks for coming through. And goodbye, everybody. Until next time. <laughs>